All right, guys on Zoom, good to see you. <laughs> Pull up a seat. Hey, I see some Sooner fans back there. Um, man, what a hard start. Boomer Sooner, all the way. I hope that doesn't uh, already discredit my my teaching <laughs> if I'm a Sooner fan. Uh, they've had a rough uh, go, but man, they pulled it off. Hey, um, I, I'm excited about um, the opportunity. I've heard about this Bible study from uh, Blake since I started on staff, and he just now invited me to it. So I don't know what that, if, what that really means, but I'm grateful to finally be here and actually meet these incredible men that... Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, and so, hey, I want to talk to you guys and, um, about a topic that I'm really passionate about. Oh, thank you. That's a little bit more complimentary of my physique for the, Zoom, for the guys on Zoom. Um, so, <laughs> it's so fun. So, hey, the, the topic is spiritual gifts. And I'm calling this, this the class or this topic divine design. Um, and, you know, whenever I became a Christ follower... Um, Probably it was around middle school, high school. Uh, I began to have men just like you, um, small group leaders in my life that began to call out the good in me, see the things that they they saw in me, and uh, and not just my strengths, but they would even we'd call them spiritual gifts. Like, man, Scott, have you ever thought that you uh, might be really gifted at not just communicating or like starting new things or this or that, whatever it is, and it just really uh, unlock something in my heart and my soul at a young age when I had other men in my life encouraging me in my faith. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this topic in particular. And so whenever Blake just said, hey, man, you can just talk about whatever, I just immediately was like, I always have this uh, Bible study uh, lock and loaded, ready to go, because it's one that I, I just love teaching. Matter of fact, whenever we started the Edmond campus, uh, and you know, how many of you have ever started a business uh, before? Or yeah, so I, I, I'm you guys. I have a lot to learn from you, but you know, when you start a business, like that pre-stage of, before launch of a product or a business is so important. Uh, to have really good success, and obviously, obviously there's a lot of other factors to it. So for me, the pre-launch stage of launching a church, a campus, was really important to make sure we had the success uh, of our Edmond campus. And part of that uh, secret ingredient for me, obviously Jesus is always the secret ingredient, but, um, but part of uh, a few other things that were really important is making sure that we uh, serve the community before we open the doors, like that, you know, I don't think we live in a culture anymore where like you build it, they will come. It's like, I mean, we, we hope when we build something, uh, you know, they do come. Uh, but I, in our culture today, I just don't know if that's true. There's a lot more um, uh, things that people uh, look at when it comes to church. And so I, it was important to me that we serve the city of Edmond before we opened up the church. Like we want to show that we are for this community before we built a building. Uh, and then once we actually built the building, we needed to start recruiting congregation members, if you will, to actually be our, what I like to call our core launch team. And again, another value for me was I didn't want to just have what you would say butts in seats. Like, you know, just, I didn't want just random people just stuck at a door uh, and they might be the grumpiest person and you don't want the grumpiest person at the door at your church. Like you want somebody that actually loves to greet people 
Um, and I apologize if, if anybody here is the grumpy old person, but like my whole point here is you want to find the right people for the right purpose. Same thing in your business. I'm, I imagine you could probably say, man, I want to make sure I have the right staff member for the right position. And there definitely are seasons in the church. I, I believe that you do need to call on just people just to plug them somewhere just to get, fill the job. But I would say from uh, just the big picture, it was just really important to make sure we found the right people for the right roles and not just staff roles, congregation roles. So I'm bringing this all together is I taught spiritual gifts in our pre-launch stage to make sure as we were recruiting people to Edmond to uh, serve in a volunteer capacity that we, may, we had the right volunteers serving kids that loved to teach kids. They had a spiritual gift of unlocking God's truth to kids that would just connect their head and their heart together. And it was fun to people that are uh, maybe have the gift of benevolence and mercy, walking with members in our church that uh, are sick or hurting. And you want to make sure you have people that have the mercy gift and compassion gift lined up with people's needs in the church. So uh, it was really fun in the early stages and throughout the four or five years to begin to help people unlock their spiritual gifts. And it's one of my favorite things is to sit down with somebody one-on-one or in a group like this and have people have what I like to call their aha moment where they just click and they're like, oh man, God, God has given me this talent, you know, or I've learned this in my business um, but then all of a sudden, like there's a spiritual impact to it. And maybe you just didn't ever think about your talents could be possibly a spiritual gift and vice versa. And so, and we'll get into that. So that's one of the reasons why I'm passionate about this is because when you, to me, uh, if I was to give you a bottom line today, like here's what I want you to walk away with is it's at the intersection of your spiritual gifts and also your passion, make sure I'm looking at the Zoom guys too, uh, that I think you find a sweet spot um, of advancing the kingdom of God, bringing the good news of Christ forward and not backwards when you unlock your personality, your passion, and your spiritual gifting. And so that's what I want to kind of unpack um, today is a little bit, and we're going to go through this really fast because I usually... Uh, would make this like a couple week class. Um, and so I'm going to d- dive into some of this. Some of this will probably feel very 101. Uh, just kind of, of course, Scott, yeah, like I've been a, a Christ follower for a long time. But here's what we know about God's words uh, is every time we read it, he unlocks something new every time we read uh, his word, right? And so my hope is if this feels elementary, that God would begin to unlock something maybe new. Uh, a new aha moment for you. So the kind of the big idea here I want to start with with divine design is that your divine reveals uh, the divine. Like how God created you, how you live out your walk with Christ, it shows the world that there is a God. Like when you stop to think about like your life, how you live it at home with your coworkers at the church, um, you know, on the road, as Deuteronomy, like as you're going, like your design reveals the divine. And so I think it's important just to have that foundational thought is have you just contemplated like how you live really helps others connect dots. Also, 
your story can bring God glory. And all these kind of principles I'm sharing up front will build to our spiritual gifts here in a moment. Uh, your story can bring God glory. Like, I look around the room and imagine we've got a lot of life in this room, meaning we have a lot of stories. We've got a lot of powerful moments, highs, lows, that God has been with you. Uh, and this is a story map right here. And um, it, it's a powerful exercise if you've never done one of these before, where you just draw a line, write the year you were born, and then just document the valleys of life you've had and also the mountaintops and everything in between and then answer this question what are the themes that throughout my life when I was from when I was born to through my childhood adolescence to my young adult uh, life and so forth what are the themes of my highs and lows what are the moments that uh, I'll never forget that has shaped me today it's it's shaped my worldview it's shaped maybe the vocation i went down um it maybe it's the reason why you're serving in a certain ministry at the church maybe it's a reason why you love gathering with other guys on wednesdays for lunch what what is your story because your story can bring god glory and again this is a, an important principle because when you begin to realize that impact it unlocks even more of your spiritual gifts because you begin to realize your spiritual gifts um, is part of your story and how you can unlock and bring God glory through your story. Your personal low might be one that he wants to use to help somebody navigate a really tough season in life and you begin having a spiritual impact because of that. And then I love this from David uh, Benner. It's a book called The Gift of Being Yourself. Um, and this quote here, kind of move it so I can see it. We discover our calling and our true self in community. And I love that you guys gather every Wednesday in God's word. Like, it's like, that's a beautiful, like we begin to discover our calling that God has for us when we unpack, uh, God's word in community. And here through the help of others who know us well, we learn to discern our spiritual gifts and find our authentic voice and our vocation and we are called to Christ-following and loving service of God and neighbor. It's the whole love God, love others uh, commandment, but the specific call that is rooted in your unique identity, uh, your gifts, your personality, how all those come together, found as you to come know God and self and Christian community. Another pastor once said, I did not make this up, but I've, it's catchy phrase, and I like catchy phrases, uh, is if you're not dead, you're not done. Like, I just thought, like, man, that was powerful. I think um, uh, one of the pastors locally said that here. And that whole idea is, like, God has you on this earth for a reason. And until your last breath, like, allow him to use you um, and allow him to use you. It might be for impacting your kids and praying for your kids that are going through a tough time. He wants to use you as a dad. Uh, he wants to use you as a coworker, uh, and so some questions to ponder as we dive into specific spiritual gifts. I, I think about these kinds of questions: Who am I? Do I have the courage to ask the question, like, who am I? Like, how, how, does it matter how old I am or how young I am? Like, have I contemplated my identity? Why am I here? Experience to kind of grow. Like, God has placed me in this season. And he wants me to grow. He, he doesn't want me to ever 
um, stay in a place of plateau? How can I make an impact kind of value to show those gifts that God has uh, equipped you with and where to serve? Uh, do, you, do you have the courage, the risk to go and be obedient to what maybe you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you to think about? And another thought, uh, as I, I keep on adding principles to this presentation over the years, and one I didn't have a few years ago that I added is this one, is when we live outside of our divine design, we don't live fully alive. When, we, when, we, when, when we're not aligned with God's principles in our life, or we're not, uh, you know, I think we all have spiritual gifts, but sometimes I think Jeff Stewart, have you guys, you guys know Jeff? I've, I've heard him talk about using, saying, you know, God, through the Holy Spirit, like the pilot light is on, but we just got to, you know, it's, or it's, it's, it's on, but you got to flip the switch to like feel the, the power of the Spirit in your life. And I think that's, that's kind of what I mean by this is when we live outside of our divine design, we don't fully live fully alive. And so, do you contemplate just that principle of like, are you going through life just kind of meandering? Um, yeah, I'm a Christ follower. Yeah, I read the Bible, but do you do anything with it? Um, or is it just something that's just for you? Uh, there's a difference of like, all of a sudden, I'm on the great adventure of the kingdom of God. When I take what I read and I apply it and I'm obedient, that's kind of what I mean about living outside of the divine design. So you have spiritual gifts. Do you do anything with it? Or do they just kind of lay dormant? Um, it's kind of another way of saying it. Another principle is, again, it's continuing to lay the foundation. Forgiven. This is another principle I added recently. Forgive, forgiven versus freedom. How many of us as Christ followers have seasons where we get the principle as Christ followers of being forgiven for our sin, but do we live in freedom? Do we live it out? It's the doo-doo scripture of the Apostle Paul I love. Um, it's like, do what I don't want to do, and I just keep on going back to that sin pattern. Um, or, you know, a lot of us can get into that train of thought. And I imagine you guys have probably um, unpacked that verse probably in this Bible study at one point. Um, and that's kind of what I mean, forgiven versus freedom. Like, again, it continues to get back to this root idea of when you know you're calling, you're gifting, you're walking in freedom, um, versus just the idea of being forgiven. Uh, you know what? I, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, but I'm going to keep on going back to the sin pattern that I know is wrong. You're not walking in freedom. You're just walking in the abundance of free, I guess, uh, grace, and just and you're missing what it's all about. So difference of forgiven versus freedom, continuing to kind of build that theological foundation before we unlock spiritual gifts. So finally, we start beginning get into some verses around this. Ephesians 2, 8, for it's by the grace you have been saved through faith. Uh, this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's the grace of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Love that. For we are God's handiwork. I've always loved that word handiwork. Uh, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And here's a verse that, I was teaching this class a few years ago, and a group of um, folks asked me, what does the word uh, fearfully and wonderfully mean? Uh, uh, excuse me, fearfully and wonderfully mean? And so as I began to investigate the original context of these words, not going to even try to pronounce them for you, but just give you the actual meaning, uh, it's fearfully just means like I stand in awe or reverence. And the word wonderful means distinctly. So then you put those words 
in the actual scripture, and you, it reads this way, I praise you because I stand in awe and reverence of you, God, and, I, and I'm, because I'm distinctly made. Uh, how powerful is that when you just kind of read? Uh, this is the verse. I've got two daughters, seven and four. We've got this verse framed above their beds. Uh, and this is one of our prayers. We've got one life verse, and this is another verse that we just pray over them, is that they understand and that uh, actually First Peter is another verse that's their life, our life verses. We want our girls to grow in the grace of God, but also the knowledge of God. You, it's both. You need the head, you need the heart, and sometimes those two are separate and don't align all the time. But man, when those come together in our hearts, where we understand the knowledge of Christ through God's word, and then we experience the grace of God, man, unlocks the world for us as Christ followers. And so I thought that was a powerful verse as we begin to understand gifting and how God's uniquely and designly made us is, man, it's the stand in reverence of God because we're distinctly made. And so another powerful verse um, around spiritual gifts, 2 Timothy 1.6 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in uh, you through the laying of hands. I love bonfires. Who loves a good bonfire? Does anybody have a bonfire? Like you just like, it's kind of a uh, kind of a pastime. I, I love it. This is not a product um, review here, but I, this, is my, this is not my specific uh, bonfire, but this brand here is called Solo Stove. And it's amazing because of the patent, the way they've designed it, to have certain holes at the bottom. And obviously you need oxygen to fan into the flame to get a blazing, roaring bonfire. And so they uh, created a really cool product to get more airflow so you, you don't have uh, any smoke. They claim it to be smokeless once it gets to, str- to the true fire. And I use this ana- analogy because I thought it's perfect uh, when, when you think about spiritual gifts. So let me ask you this question. You might want to screenshot, screenshot this if this is helpful for you. Uh, is, is your fire out when it comes to spiritual uh, gifts? Um, it looks like the Zoom meeting will end in 10 minutes. So does that mean I need to get going in the presentation? <laughs> you mean, Scott, you were talking. Well, okay, it's like, is that Blake giving me a hint? Like, dude, you're going too long already. <laughs> it's a preacher habit. You just keep on it. I will do me. So what I love about this analogy of scripture and using the bonfire is asking these four questions. Is your fire out? Is it not even lit when it comes to gifting, spiritual gifts? Are you even aware of your spiritual gifts? Do you feel like it even matters? Um, Obviously, I wouldn't be teaching if I didn't think it did matter, but I would challenge and encourage you to think about that. Number two, are the embers barely lit or is the fire building... Or is it a roaring bonfire when it comes to your spiritual gift? It's so fun, in my opinion, to build a bonfire and watch the stage of it not being lit, throwing in that wood. Maybe it's just because it feels manly or whatnot. And you're building the fire until it gets roaring. It's like you can barely even get close because it's so hot. You can even you can cook over a, you know, a bonfire. And so I just love that when it comes to this passage of scripture. We have to fan into flame the gifts that God has given us. He does not want us to be stagnant. He wants us to fan into flame. That means we got to get oxygen to our spiritual life 
so that Christ can continue to advance his kingdom. So here's my definition of spiritual gifts. I didn't make it up. I don't believe in having to recreate the wheel. But I learned this when I lived in Chicago, a church there. Here is the definition. A spiritual gift is a God-given special ability given to all Christ followers in order to be used to make a spiritual impact on others. And when people ask me, what's the difference of a talent versus gift? This is how I would tell you the difference is if it's not making a spiritual impact on someone's life, it's not a spiritual gift. It might just be a talent. Now, if you put that talent to work and God uses it, I believe it would be considered a spiritual gift. Now, some of those are tied together. Sometimes gifts and talents are separate. Um, Like uh, some could say, I have a talent of singing, but I will promise you my talent of singing would not be making a spiritual impact on anyone's lives. If that is kind of tongue in cheek there, but spiritual gift that it's a God given ability that he gives each of us to make a spiritual gift uh, or spiritual impact on others. Uh, Other thoughts here is the root meaning for spiritual gifts is the grace of God. Uh, if you've ever been under the teaching of Cliff Sanders, he, call, he calls it the grace gifts. And I love that, breaking out the theological meaning uh, and definition. It's, it's a grace gift. It's his grace given to us uh, so that we can um, use a churchy word, edify God and, and bring glory to God as we exercise those gifts to others. But beware not to just focus on your gifts that you forget, you forget the gift giver, God. And this is really a leading point to the passage of Scripture where it talks about spiritual gifts from the Apostle Paul. And, uh, and so 1 Corinthians 12, this is the main passage that talks about spiritual gifts. And this whole principle right here, beware not to focus on the gifts you forget the gift giver. Well, we know if you've read this, this passage of Scripture the church of Corinth was in uh, division. The Apostle Paul, man, he planted so many church, which, churches, I can relate to that. And he's coming back on a missionary journey to help realign a church. He planted so because they're getting off track and they have division. And he's like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> we started this church to advance Jesus' message. And you're quarreling, you're fighting over whose gift is more important. The guy's gift that is more visible or the guy or gal's gift that is less visible. And so now that I think about it, I'm going to grab my backpack real quick. I um, almost forgot I had this guy in here. Unzip it. But he has to come with me anytime. Uh, I promise I don't have an animal here that's just been waiting for you as a show and tell. But um, that would be pretty bad. No, Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head comes with me anytime I talk about spiritual gifts. And for those on the camera, here's Mr. Potato Head. He's been a little discombobulated here in my backpack. But I I always think of, for whatever reason, I think about Mr. Potato Head, and it's like elementary 101 stuff. Anytime I read this passage, I immediately think of this guy. Uh, I was in a, a teaching, a church teaching on staff in Chicago, and our executive pastor did this exercise with us. And it just stuck with me. And she got our favorite Mr. Potato Head. And this one, I, don't, I, I can't find my other one, but I, I got a Star Wars Mr. Potato Head because I love Star Wars so much. Um, but she, uh, this person gave a great teaching just reminding us of this passage. Like, you know, you can't elevate a spiritual gift um, over another. 
Or if you want the body of Christ to function fully in its full potential, meaning like it's advancing the kingdom of God, you, the, the nose doesn't belong where the ear goes. The, you know, um, the hand doesn't go and, and function properly if it's where the head is. I mean, you, you get it. It's fun as a child to play with uh, Mr. Potato Head, and I still do it. My girls love it now. Uh, but I, I just reminded this passage, like when we elevate our gifts and we, or, or we're not using our gifts and we're, we're not working together to put our gifts to work, we're not reaching our full potential as a church when we're not activated. We've got the pilot light there, but have we switched it on? Is it a roaring bonfire? And I'm not saying like there's seasons of highs and lows in life where you're not, all, you're not always going to be on fire uh, for Christ, but, like, but just being aware that like, the Lord wants to use you every single day and that you're just having that maybe that silent prayer every day when you wake up and say, Lord, how do you want to use me today? Versus, Lord, how can you serve me today? There's a difference of starting your day with a prayer like that. Lord, how can you serve me, God, today? What can I get from you? Versus what can I give? What can I, what can I give? How can I make the impact? And so Church of Corinth, they made it all about themselves in that moment where he had to come and realign that church to say, you're, you're missing the point. It's about advancing the kingdom of Jesus forward. It's not about your gifts. Again, that principle, beware not to focus on your gifts and forgive the gift giver. God gives us the gifts. The whole purpose is to advance his kingdom forward. And so, let's see where we are on time. I think I've got 15 minutes to kind of close um, the principle here. So what I want to do is just walk you through um, using kind of Mr. Potato Head in the the image of the body of Christ, or the body, physical human body, as an illustration like the Apostle Paul does. And I want to give you some context of how maybe you could summarize, I know this is kind of silly, but the body parts tied to spiritual gifts so it's more memorable and for you to begin to think about what your gifts are. So um, we're going to start with what I'm calling the head gifts or knowing gifts. And I think that's coming on the screen there. And so um, the head gifts or the knowing gifts are knowing what others don't know. Do you know somebody that has the spiritual gift of knowledge? Man, I, I would say one person on staff that we all could say has the gift of teaching and knowledge would be Terry Fakes, right? I think Mr. Blake Baston here probably has that gift as well. Um, <laughs> but man, it's just someone that's it's just second nature. Like they just, you ask a question, it's second nature. They can, they've got that gift of not scripture knowledge or just this intuition that the Holy Spirit gives to somebody or teaching. Like it's just so evident and it makes a spiritual impact on you or wisdom or discernment. There are certain staff members that we want to always have in interviews because they have a certain spiritual gift of wisdom and discernment and they're just good at asking good questions. It's just, you're using the gifts of the body to enhance the kingdom. And that's always kind of cool to think about. Um, another section of gifts here. Let's see. All right. So the next section is seeing gifts, kind of using the body of Christ. So the eye gifts is seeing what others don't see. And that's leadership. That's faith. 
And I always like to ask at the end of each section, do you know somebody that has the gift of leadership, the spiritual gift of leadership, the spiritual gift of faith? Uh, I think the obvious give, it, give us examples that we know is Marty. Like, he's got the gift of leadership. He, he foresees things in the future. Like, I think about the Edmund campus. Like, he just had a sense, of, and I'm, I'm calling it, it's a spiritual sense that the Holy Spirit gave him and gives him, and he just has a... Uh, understanding a sense of where the Lord's leading and sees a future of launching campuses in Oklahoma City that's saturated with churches. But there was a section that wasn't. And there was this property, and then we see the spiritual fruit of that leadership and faith later. Do you know somebody that has these gifts? It's kind of fun when you begin to put people's names to these gifts to help you unlock Maybe what, what is that for me? What's my gifts? The saying gifts, saying what others, the mouth gifts, saying what others won't say. Using the body as an illustration for spiritual gifts. That's teaching, that's communication, that's prophecy. Um, feeling gifts, feeling what others don't feel. Mercy, giving, intercession. I always poke fun of myself, my wife right here, because we both don't have the mercy gift and my children are in trouble. <laughs> as they get older, because, man, we don't have a gift of mercy. Uh, and uh, I think we have got some compassion, um, for sure, as parents. But, uh, man, it's just kind of, it's funny when you think about it. Like, I am glad, like, you know, there are the Michael Milligans of the world uh, on our staff that just have the gift of mercy to walk with people in hospitals and tough situations. Uh, We're also actively recruiting anyone who has a giving gift. Come on. <laughs> I... I, I, I teed you up there. There you go. That's right. I love it. <laughs> and he's very passionate about that. Yes. And then kind of clo- in closing, the supporting gifts, encouragement. You know, somebody that just has a natural encourager or just said, you came to mind today. And I felt like the Lord wanted to remind you, wanted me to remind you of this principle. Has that ever happened to you? Like that's just a natural gift of spiritual encouragement hospitality that just loves hosting people wants to bring people together so that they feel like they're in god's community god's you know uh loving care and shepherding uh handling gifts helping craftsmanship administration going gifts walking it out evangelism and apostleship the gift of starting things the gift of sharing the gospel there's just some people that just have a natural gift of communicating God's word in such a way that it transforms them when they teach. Uh, and the mysterious gifts, which we, I'm sure this could be a, a, a Bible study in itself, uh, spiritual gift of tongues, interpretation, healing, and miracles. Again, those are the uh, mysterious gifts. So in closing, how do you feel about knowing you, that you were divinely designed? Um, and when we think, when we understand that, and people ask me like, Okay, I'm starting to get a sense of my spiritual gifts. What about my passions? Well, and in, in, uh, there's a little handout uh, that's on your uh, desk there, your table. And I ask five questions there for you to think about what your passions are. And that might be like a weird word for a group of men to say, what's your passion? <laughs> um, but what I'm trying to get at here is thinking about, like, why has God placed you on this earth? Like, questions like, man, if you could clap your hands and could couldn't fail what would you do for god um the the cry question we might not have any criers in the room so this might not uh be a good one to ask so we'll we'll skip that one 
but if it relates to you, just read it on the screen. The change question, maybe some visionaries in the, in the room. Is there anything that upsets you enough to make you say this has to stop? It's the Popeye question. What, what, what can't you stand no more that you need to do something about it? Maybe that's an indicator of something you need to put your gifts to uh, solve. Um, and the copycat question or the coffin question. I love the coffin question because it's a legacy question. Like, at this stage of your life, what do you want to be known for? <clears throat> Excuse me. What legacy do you want to leave behind? Maybe that gives you an indicator where you put your gifts to work. It helps you identify where. So, again, your homework, unless you've already done it before and you're overachiever and you've done this work before, is, man, take a spiritual gifts test. Take a personality assessment. Begin to do that self dis- the work of self-discovery of your personality I'm sure in business, you probably are exhausted doing personality assessments. You've probably done everyone uh, that's ever been created, I'm sure. But the whole point is like self-discovery. Like, what's your personality? What's your passion? What's your gift? What's your story? What's your highs and your lows? Your story can help bring God glory, and he can use your passion, your gifts, to advance the kingdom. And man, I'm telling you, it's like a roaring fire when you began to see people unlock their divine design. So that's your homework if you haven't done it. And if talking about prisons, I'll give you a quick 30-second pitch. Is um, essentially, like Blake said, we have launched 22 to 25 yards, uh, which are called prison locations, campuses. And most of these, lo- actually all these locations right now, um, are receiving a DVD of our message every single week. A lot of them are being shown by the chaplains, but they're doing it in smaller pods because uh, of COVID. Um, and the doors for volunteer service are closed in the prisons, but behind closed doors, things are moving fast. Um, we're, we're slow on getting into the prisons, but we're fast because we have a lot of work. Again, think about what it takes to start a church and we're doing that 22 times in the state of Oklahoma. We have to, it's not just a plug and play service. We're trying to start in the prisons. We're actually trying to launch a Acts 2 thriving church in every church or every prison in the state of Oklahoma, including some federal locations. And when you think about that, that's pretty exciting uh, because it, talks, it takes a lot of favor from God. Uh, to open the right doors, which have already opened. And the DOC has been amazing uh, to help partner with us. They want to advance crossings to get, um, c- to get the word out. It's actually been really amazing to see um, some things behind closed doors happen. So all that to say is what, we're, what, what is moving fast and we could use your help with, or at least to be our advocate, is we need 300 volunteers for all locations we need a minimum of three volunteers per week, per location. And we would love Sunday school, Bible studies, small groups, or individuals to what we're doing, what we're calling adopt a prison. Like adopt a prison. Like maybe as a Wednesday night group or a Wednesday Bible study, you might decide, you know what, a few of us a, a month would be willing to go. Uh, like we would love that. Uh, and you could co- contact me or Jeremiah. And there's a little handout right here that gives you more questions and answers that I'm not probably get, getting to right now. Uh, and if that's something you're interested in, let me know. But that's kind of the 30,000 foot view. We need 300 volunteers. We're at 150 already, which is pretty powerful in a short amount of time. Uh, and we haven't done a huge push. So if God maybe is stirring, that's 
uh, maybe, maybe God wants to use you to help us advance the, the kingdom and planting churches. So that's a quick little uh, push for prisons and understanding your, your spiritual gifting and your wiring. So, well, let me pray for us, and I'll stick around if, if you have questions or if I, if I stirred up anything that you're like, what did he say? <laughs> All right, well, let's pray. Father, we take a moment and we give thanks for the way that you're moving um, in this Wednesday Bible study. It is just so inspiring and encouraging to see a group of men uh, just encouraged um, by your word and growing in community and also uh, their love for you. So, Lord, we pray that you would bless this group of men and their, not only the knowledge that they gain, but also the grace that you've given us, that they're able to live it out every single day in their context. And, Lord, we just uh, submit to you the conversation that we've had today about spiritual giftings and unlocking those gifts that you would begin to continue to uh, have, allow each of us, including myself, to have, continue to have aha moments where we continue to learn um, something new about you, Lord, uh, and that it pushes us forward to advance the gospel and the kingdom of Jesus. So, Lord, we give thanks to your son uh, and the ability to um, read your word and put it into practice. In Christ's name, amen.